0: There's always something new and exciting happening in Montgomery County, Maryland. Join podcaster and business leader Kelly Leonard and me, Bob Levy, on another episode of Something to Talk About, where we speak with industry leaders making an impact in our county. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payer's funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Our interview today at the Hospitality Property School is going to be with Mark Ross Smith, CEO and co-founder of Loyalty Data Co., the parent brand of statusmatch.com. He is the editor of travel data daily he was head of loyalty at malaysia airlines and mark has written numerous articles about loyalty programs specifically about airline loyalty programs now some of you might be wondering how this topic might apply to the hotel industry if you currently do not have or are not planning to introduce a loyalty program at your property you are leaving money on the table And Mark's history with loyalty with the airline industry can be related to the hospitality property industry. All that being said, Mark, are you ready to jump into this?
1: I'm here and ready, Jerry. Yep.
0: Good, good. Now, years ago, I was flying consistently as a tour operator and manager, and I had a wallet full of airline loyalty cards, but I never really took advantage of the perks available. Would you mind explaining what a loyalty program is?
1: Sure. Let's dive into it. Uh, you know, I think if you ask some airline or hotel CEOs what the answer to this is, they'll say something like this. Oh, that loyalty thing, you know, it's not really our core business. We give out some gold cards and cost us a bunch of money because we've got to pay for free breakfasts and lounge access and upgrades and and this, and this, and this, and this, and this, and this. Um, The truth is today, you know, especially in in airline, loyalty programs run their own p Um, and A lot of time, they're separate companies that, in some cases, generate billions in profit independently of the airline. Um, You know, we saw in, you know, 2020, 2021, a lot of the financials of some of these airlines come out in the loyalty program where to the point where the loyalty program was worth more than the entire airline itself. So, you right. know, is it, is it really an airline these days? Is it really a hotel brand these days? Or is it, is, is it a marketing company that has this operational aspect as operational division? You know, is it a marketing company that also flies planes? Is it a, is it a hotel? Is it a, is it, is it a marketing brand that, you know, has a bunch of rooms that they try and sell as well as like, a, it's like a side business, right? Cause the real business, the real value is in this loyalty thing. And, you know, since the value of these programs sort of came to light, um, you know, what is a loyalty program? What is the role of a loyalty program? I think has changed in the past couple of years to where, you know, you and me think of it as, you know, points and upgrades and all this kind of fun stuff. Is it, there's a bit of magic to it, you know, a bit, a bit of mystery. And I think that's why people, like to engage with these loyalty programs but you know it's like a like a swan on the lake you know it looks so elegant on on the surface but underneath this is you know the going crazy all this stuff and there's there's a real business behind it and you know if if you can nail it if you can get it right it can be extremely profitable for the hotel or an airline brand
0: whoa okay now the last couple of years have been challenging for the airline industry is there still a demand for a loyalty program?
1: I think I yeah, like this. I think not just yes. I think, I think it's thriving, and I'll, okay. I'll explain why. Uh, you know, we obviously just talked about the value of airline loyalty programs, how it can be worth more than the airline. You know, one example is, uh, you know, American and that's still Airlines. The
0: case. It's, yeah. still, it's still,
1: it's still. It's actually, it's actually even more today. It's actually improved okay. since then, um, in favor of running a loyalty business and getting that loyalty business right you know, Spirit Airlines just at the end of 22, they, so this is a month or two ago, they raised 500 million bucks at a $4.2 billion valuation. For This is just for the loyalty business, not for the airline, yeah. right? At the same time, the airline itself was worth 2.3 billion on the market, right? Oh. So what that means is the airline's worth negative $2 billion because the loyalty program's worth so much, right? Oh. Um, and uh, actually, I, I think it was last week, um, Delta Airlines announced that their loyalty card spend, so this is people um, you know, using the credit card, earning miles, and basically the loyalty program generates money when they sell miles to banks mostly. Yeah? Um, that revenue was up 40% on the same quarter in 2019. So what that suggests to me is loyalty is more interesting for more people today than it ever has been. You know, I think people, you know, they're coming back into travel in the last year and they're, you know, um, it's expensive to travel a lot of places right now. And so people are looking for that that extra benefit, that extra perk, that extra something they can get back because they're now paying a lot more to do what they used to do, a lot less. And so they're kind of looking for that payback. And so they join the loyalty program. Like, so I owns as well earn some points, right? And what that's done is it sort of started to drive all the metrics within the loyalty system because the loyalty loyalty. Um, programs are already set up for this they've got their crm their marketing emails they're all this kind of stuff to drive that incremental booking that room night all this kind of stuff right and so there's this influx of people into this loyalty program and it's just started churning that that wheel a bit more uh and it's it was already set up really well pre-pandemic and we're starting to see a lot of that sort of, sort of come out now where um you know loyalty programs are starting to make a ton of money. They're driving new bookings. They're driving new incremental business that the airline or hotel may not have ever had without having that loyalty program there, which to me suggests that loyalty is not just doing its job. um, It's succeeding. It's doing very well.
0: Okay. Now, uh, I know your expertise is with airline loyalty programs. I know that the larger brands, hotel chains, do well with the loyalty programs. Now, you might not know the answer to this, but I'm going to throw it out to you anyways. Do you think smaller properties could benefit from uh, any type of loyalty program?
1: So, I, I mean, I've stayed at a bunch of small properties, uh, you know, boutique, you know, yeah, independently yeah. owned. Pro- and I mean, they're fantastic, some of these. You know, they, they're they so focused on this customer experience because that that's what they've got right they don't have this big chain behind them saying go stay here and get free breakfast and point that just don't have that you know what they've got is um you know your cousin that stayed there 2 years ago and said hey you should check this place out it's on the beach it's in miami it's really nice there's this lady june there and when you go there she did it and there's a story yeah right? there's always a story i think you know this is a competitive edge that especially some small bright independent you know th- they've got this going for them. Right. And if you layered a loyalty program on top of that, would that take away from some of that? I think if the answer is if it could add to what they're doing already, I think it makes a lot of sense to have some kind of loyalty proposition, what that loyalty thing looks like, I think may be a little different. It may not be stay here, earn a thousand points, and you can use that to maybe it's not that maybe it's, it looks and feels a little different. Um, you know, I think, I mean, a good example is probably the GHA Discovery loyalty program. You know, they've got, mm-hmm. what, 20, 30, something like that, brands on there. You know, all these brands are sizable in their own market, but not big enough to really do their own fully-fledged thing, especially globally. Um, I think for some brands, it makes sense to come together and aggregate and sort of leverage off each other's brand. Because, um, you know, not everyone travels to the same destination all the time. You know, you've got people flying around the world, you know, doing their thing. they got some stays in Hong Kong and then Singapore and then Germany and then, you know, in Rio. And, you know, um, it, things like loyalty status, um, which is obviously what our company helps facilitate, um, is, is very powerful. You know, it drives a lot of bookings to the point where, you know, if you've got a gold card in your wallet, right, you're, you're more likely to book a hotel or fly with that airline that you've got a gold cup with than one you don't so it may not be where you book but it's gonna be the first place you check you know i'll just check the price of this one i'll see what it is because i get x there right so i think if you know a, a smaller hotel brand for example is part of this sort of bigger ecosystem there's definitely benefits there where it rides on these perhaps millions of travelers that have this gold card from being part of that brand. And you sort of tap into that customer base already. So in some ways it, 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 I'm not sure. It could be cheaper to do that than to spend more money with OTAs, for example, on commissions there. So I, I think it depends on the brand, but I think ultimately, you know, as long as it builds on the customer experience and adds new things, because you know, it's all, it's all about the guests
0: really. Okay. Uh, So you think uh, programs can help a property with its branding? Yeah, totally. Okay. That's, that makes sense. Now, if, okay, if I owned a a smaller independent property, maybe a hundred rooms or something, would it be expensive for me to start up a loyalty program? Is there a lot of technology involved?
1: I I mean, not, not really. Um, You know, I think Hotels, you know, it's all about guest experience, right? So, just just for fun, let's put that in the center of what we do here, because because it should be. To be fair, um, there's a hundred vendors out there that'll sell a loyalty platform, right? There's no shortage of people taking money for this kind of thing out there, and more or less, they all do the same thing. They count the nights, they can manage databases, the GDPR compliance, all this kind of stuff that you you just need, right? It's more of a hygiene factor, right? you, You sort of Pick one, get that out of the way. the The real magic is 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 what you want the loyalty program to do, right? You you want to start there, because once you get that right, it's pretty easy to figure out the technology piece, right? So, you know, I'd probably if I was starting a new hotel loyalty program today, I'd probably ignore the hype on personalization and blockchain and AI and, and all this kind yeah, of stuff, right. because it's, that's not I mean, guests don't really care. If there's something in the background that does that, that's some more efficient, great. But a guest just doesn't care. You know, they just want a super easy checking experience. They want to go to the room. They want to see some. Wow, that's kind of cool. I got a free bottle of wine. I like this place now. Mm-hmm. You know, they want that that feel-good moment. They want to then, oh my friend, I'm gonna <clears throat> meet them for coffee down the road in 10 minutes. You know, go there. And they're excited to be, they're excited to do something. They're there doing their thing, whatever their thing is. This is a, meeting their friend is it for a business thing the next day whatever it is they, they don't really care what sort of the engine behind all that as long as it just works really well right so that's probably where I'd, i wouldn't start with technology i would start with what you're trying to achieve right make so total
0: sense.
1: <clears throat> generally in the loyalty program you know what you're trying to achieve is i mean trying to make more money right <laughs> try to get the person to come back and stay more or spend more or Maybe it's a revenue protection thing where you get a bunch of people that are staying property and they're, they're staying less and less, and so you want to try and get them back. I'd start with the the sort of end goal in mind, and whatever that is, and work backwards because the technology piece, at least in my view, is probably the. I mean, it's important. Don't get me it's important, but it you know it's sort of you know the third, fourth, fifth thing that you're going to look oh, at before okay. you, yeah, before you do anything else.
0: So it's not something that I should stress over right away. I should actually think it through before I uh, jump into it.
1: Yeah, it's not. It's not like you're running a hotel brand. You got a loyalty program, and it's not like the latest iPhone that comes out, and you need to get yeah, the yeah, latest yeah. one. I need to go get it because this this new system has, you know, some amazing blockchain that integrates with this and does this and does. I mean, if that, if that really lines with the strategy that you've got and what you're trying to build as a brand, great but I wouldn't go out there, you know, I mean, my wife is guilty of this, you know, oh, I need the 60 megapixel camera on the new phone. And that's the reason to go out and spend $2,000 on a new phone. right? So for like for a hotel brand, I, w- I wouldn't be doing that. Cause I mean, it's also, you know, as we know, some of this technology is not cheap and you've got time integration, staff resources, training, if there's something, you know, all this kind of extra added cost. So, you know, I think ultimately if it makes sense to do it, Financially, you you do it, but you you wouldn't lead with it. You wouldn't lead with the technology piece. You would lead with the guest experience piece, which I think every property hotelier in the world would agree with.
0: Oh, that's good. That kind of uh, eases things a bit. Have you found a common thread for companies that are running successful loyalty programs? Now, that might be a little bit of a strange question, but uh, is there uh, some type of consistency you've noticed?
1: I think it's designed for the audience and it's intended for, right. Um, you know, we've sort of touched on that, this a bit today, but you know, who, who really is the intended audience? Is it, um, you know, is it John, the 40 year old business traveler that stays two nights and he, you know, does that once a month, right. Is mm-hmm. it Mary who her corporate business, booking travel agent does all her bookings. She's got no choice. She has to stay with the brand because there's some larger contract or deal in place. Right. Is it, you know, the family of four that's coming through and stays there for two weeks, once a year, because you've, you're in a boutique location, everyone wants to stay there kind of thing. Like who who really is the core customer. Right. And I think when you build some loyalty proposition around trying to maximize the revenue benefit for those people and the brand uh, or trying to attract more of those types of people, right? So your perfect customer for a hotel airlines, especially, your perfect customer is not, when the CEO of the airlines out there and his, his or her, you know, her the wife is out there doing yoga and her friend says, oh, your loyalty program should do this and this, right? That is probably not the type of customer that you want great customer, but probably not the core customer. It's probably not where all the money is, right? right? So I think, you know, this is where you sort of get into the data side of it and, you know, look at who who is your best customer, who is spending the most, how, how can you get more of those, right? How can you get more Johns that are business travelers that not price sensitive, they're booking direct, they're booking last minute, whatever it is, you know, how can you get more of those and build something around that? I think brands that get it right have done that. They've figured out who their customer is and just, just laser focused on that. And what that could mean is you are ignoring 80% of people that stay with your brand or fly with your airline, right? Because, right. you know, it's the whole 80, 20 thing, right? You, you're going to generate a lot of revenue from a small amount. Like in, in the airline industry, people with like a silver gold status, you know, with the airline, um, they're generally in the top 5% of the loyalty customers, of the airline that mm-hmm. they generate about, about 30% of ticket sales for the airline. Right. So for for a bunch of airlines, you could almost ignore everyone else and just focus purely on people that have like a silver, gold, platinum type status, uh, just because they're worse, they just worth so much. You know, what I mean focus on that, and you know the the ability to sort of get more revenue or do more with those people is a lot higher than someone that flies once a year, right? So I think it's just about you know to, your question, you know, what's the common theme? It's just brands that. That do it right, and so sort of in hotels, I think you know, like your Hilton, your Marriotts of the world, um, and they've got that. You know, they've all got fifty brands each under that, right? And each yeah, of those brands has their own thing going on, but there's there's a common loyalty proposition across that. But the reason that works is because you get to choose your own adventure, right? So you you earn your points at one of their brands. And then, you, you earn, I'm making this up, but like IHG, okay. you earn it at your more reasonable cost holiday in stays, and then you try and redeem it Continental, right? right? So you can sort of arbitrage your points, kind of, kind of thing like that. And, that. and that makes sense for a lot of people. Um, so, you know, you just I think it's just all about understanding your customer and that sort of comes down to the data and, um, yeah.
0: So basically, that's common sense, you would hope. Most people, most businesses. I think so. Yeah. Ah, you would hope so. The uh person looking to set up a loyalty program, do you think they have to have the proper mindset? Now you you alluded to or you talked about uh finding your right customer, but would do you think there might be anything else involved in the mindset before jumping into something like this?
1: So I, I mean if, gosh, you follow my like did you? I rave <laughs> on that a bit too much. Um <laughs> I think people running loyalty is a bit of a special area in travel and you, you kind of either get it or you don't. And, and the, I'll, I'll give you an example in airline, the the really interesting airline loyalty programs are, are run by people who are frequent flyers themselves. Right. So they might be airline people like they might have had that, their career, but, they have gone out and earned elite status. They've earned the gold status on merit themselves on their own time with their own money, right? They're they're a real customer of their own product. And, you know, if you're, if you're kind of setting up something from scratch today, I'd be looking to, for people that have been there and done that kind of thing, they've been a customer, they felt the pain, right? They felt the pain of, you know, trying to fly back home on a friday night and they've got a middle seat in row 87 on a 12-hour flight in the back of the plane right yeah. they're hating life at that point <laughs> but they they do it because they're trying to get home to their family because they haven't seen their kids in three weeks Is that kind of thing right yeah i've um, been there whereas...
0: that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, exactly you're qualified
0: yeah
1: <laughs> so you know I, I talk about how i think you know at some point you know airlines and hotels are you know, taking away staff benefits might be a good thing for certain levels of the organization because, you know, if you've got C levels traveling around on basically free tickets everywhere, they're never really a customer. You know, I mean, they're checking in a different place at the airport. They're not earning points. They don't need to earn the points of miles because they get basically free flights anyway or free stays if it's a hotel, cheap stays, I will say. Um, you know, they've got no incentive to ever save up points or to even think about. A suite you know or pay for business or first class um because again it's cheap or free right so i think you know um i think there's a lot of value in and this is not just surveying people you know survey best customers and say what should we do i don't think it's that i think it's at the heart of building a loyalty proposition from scratch especially in travel you need you need people around it that have been there and done that they've got the scars you know the, from being in that middle row and you know, screaming babies and no lounge access and the in-flight entertainment's down, the Wi-Fi doesn't work, like every possible thing's (laughs) gone wrong. I think if you've gone through that, you've earned earned your stripes and you're probably a good candidate to, you know, think about how to design a loyalty program because you're just going to start designing it in a way that solves not only your problem, but then the the same thing that millions of other travelers would want as well.
0: Where leaders go, learning follows. At Harvard Business School, we offer in-person and virtual executive education programs on a broad range of business topics. This is where the brightest minds in business come together. Add your unique voice to an exceptional peer group. Come learn from others' diverse perspectives and from our world-class faculty. It's your time. Go. To apply, visit hbs.me slash go. That's hbs.me slash go. Well not want. It's interesting. I've... Uh talk to hotel owners who have never spent a night in their own hotel. And that's exactly the same thing They they have no idea what their guests are experienced. So when you oh. tried to tell them, maybe you should train your employees to do this, this, and this, they go, that's just going to cost me money. Why would I want to do that? No understanding. So yeah, I like the way you uh, said that they should test everything out before they jump into it. I like that.
1: That's, that's crazy. Um, it is. Many many years ago, when I I, I was in the telco industry, and I, I'd sold a business there and I you know had a bit of money, and I the, I was already traveling a lot in staying in hotels and stuff. And the first thing you love, first thing I I went through myself. I'm like, I want to live in a hotel. Like this is my dream. I'm going to live in a hotel. <laughs> so I ended up um, buying a place in this kind of like a service department, and it was it's it's now part of a very major chain. Um, and you know I, I lived there for five years, you know, in this place. And you know I could order, you know, um, there's like room service stuff. I could order. It's part of it. It costs a lot of money, but I could do that. I could get, you know, the in-room. I could get someone to come clean my room if I wanted. Um, I remember when I, um, you know, when I quote checked in, um, the agent said, um, "Oh no, no, the keys. Well, just go to the check at the reception desk, and they've got the keys." And when I went to the reception, I said, um, you know, "Mark Smith, I'm here to check in." she's like tapping she's like oh, i can't find you anywhere in the system i said no i'm in permanently <laughs> so she's like oh yeah yeah yeah. and she you know gets out the little card, little swipe cards and gets a little writes my room number on it and you know says it, she says enjoy your stay and that's <laughs> still i kept that i kept though that little um you know booklet the you know the the key cards that gave rid it I, I thought that was kind of cute um but i think staying in you know, living in a hotel is a fantastic experience. I think everyone should do it because you really get to to see what happens in a way that you you don't see any other from any other angle.
0: Oh, absolutely! Uh, yeah, just real quick side. I've worked uh, a lot of tours on cruise ships, and because I was working as a tour manager, I wasn't considered a guest, but I wasn't considered an employee. I was somewhere in the middle but I had access to both. I had access to what the guests had access to and what the staff had access to. And that situation, the average guest who travels a lot on cruise ships might see it one way, but have no idea. There's an other city on that ship that they never see. And it's mind boggling once you get into it. So yeah, it's interesting. You have to appreciate, you have to, Take advantage of what everybody's doing or you don't understand. You have to see it as an owner. It's imperative. Now, you mentioned VIP experiences. What did you mean by that? You mentioned uh, personalization experiences. Yeah, I think uh, this this is a
1: really interesting space because people with money... Want things they can't buy, right? And this is, we'll, we'll put this in the VIP category. Um, I, I mean, personally, I've had a, a bunch of these experiences and they're they they make for great stories. That's the first thing, and then people go tell their friends, and they tell their friends, and then you know they go fly the or I understand that there's kind of this quasi branding element to it. Um, I'll, I'll give you a couple of stories and, yeah, and you'll see where this goes. Um I'll give you two. So recently I was flying with a pretty big Middle Eastern airline and hadn't flown in for about 10 years. And I walk into the airport and <clears throat> I'm walking over to the check-in counter and I'm about, you know, five, 10 meters away from the, you know, you know, the ropes, you know, business classes this way mm-hmm. first, class, I'm, I'm about, still a fair way from there. And this this lady from the airline comes running up to me and she's like, are you Mr. Ross Smith here? And I say, yeah. Yes, she goes. I've been expecting you. And she goes, "Let me take your bags. I come check you in." She takes me, and she whisks me over to the first class check in, and she says, She says, "This is so good to have you back again." I, I'm, I'm blo- already blown Whoa. away, and this is the first twenty seconds, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, from there, she's like, "I'll, I'll, I'll escort you through the immigration. I'll take you to the lounge, and you know, and then, and as she, she sort of drops me at the lounge, she says. So would you like to be first or last to board the aircraft today? <laughs> I said, Oh, I want to be first. <laughs> Let's do it. And she's like, okay. Anyway. So boarding's about to start. She comes in against me and gets me. She's like boarding starting in five minutes. Let's go. And you know, she brings me right through the crowd of 300 other people waiting at the gate. So, you know, before like families and children and all well, before ever the, the, Priority boarding. Um, there's me that's sort of, you know, very fit and able to do my own thing, and here I am, you know. Let's get this guy on board. And then, you know, on board, I just want to sleep on that flight, and the crew were adamant. They, they just, they kept trying to feed me. <laughs> and then, to like, just, just try, Mister. Can I just get you something? Any, I'm like, no, no. Anyway, to the end of the flight, I gave up. I thought, yeah, you know, just something really light. And she, and they're like, how about some fruit? I said, okay. They come back with this. Fruit platter, this big sort of um, plate, and they'd written in chocolate, "Welcome, welcome back, right?" Um, wow! And it, exactly, and I thought, wow, this is this 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 is clearly set up because <laughs> you you know this, this is really nice, and then you know the manager comes over and says, you know, it's so good to have you back. You haven't flown in so long, you know, we really value your loyalty. Not really, loyal if I haven't flown for ten years, am I? Um, and you know, I mean, th- how, how do you buy that? as a customer, do you know what I mean? Like I've flown enough to know that this is not normal, right? And realistically for the airline to do all this stuff, it doesn't really cost them that much. And I mean, they can't really roll that out for 400 people on every flight, you know, 500 departures a day type deal. But, you know, every so often for maybe the right people, the right occasion, the right moment, you know, it makes sense to kind of roll out the red carpet in a way where, they make for great stories and that they, they think like you can't buy that. Well, I don't think you can buy it. Right. And, and so I think, you know, that, that sort of built this emotional connection that I now have to that, I mean, I'm telling the story with you today, right? Yeah, exactly. Obviously, obviously I got off the plane I called my wife and I say, Hey, you wouldn't believe what happened, you know? And then, you know, tell my friend and then I got on my LinkedIn, you see a big, big damn post and many, many likes about that as well. So, you know, the airline actually got a good benefit out of this thing that realistically didn't cost them that much. And I think these type of experiences really resonate with people because in my mind, everyone needs a good airline story or a good hotel story. They need something good like this to tell their friends, something they hold on to for 10 years, which I have, and, you know, tell people. Um, there's an, there's an, I'll, I'll share another example from the other side of this. Okay. When I when I worked at Malaysia Airlines, I was running their loyalty program, and you know the office was at the airport, which is about an hour away from town, right? And so every day I used to sort of go from the office through the airport to the train and take the train home. It's the fastest, easiest way to get back here. Mm-hmm. And you know, walking through the airport, I've got my VIP back, go anywhere, all access type thing. And and you know, I'm a bit of an airline geek, and you know, I like these money car buy type experiences i'm thinking like how can i start doing stuff like this you know this could be fun right and so <clears throat> there's um you know one week i i thought you know wouldn't it be cool if i just you know gave a gift to some of our top passengers when they're flying you know it filled my time i have got to walk through the airport anyway right mm-hmm. um and so that's what i did i started by i went and bought um for a whole week i went and bought you know bunches of got over chocolates you know they're, they're not cheap and this is my own money kind of, it's not the company's money. It's my money right, right. in my own time. <laughs> this is like 8 PM kind of thing, you know? And I, I went around and, you know, found a bunch of, you know, silver, gold, platinum type members that were like fly- random people. I didn't know. And I just, you know, give them this really big golden bag with little chocolates. And I, you know, I'm obviously dressed up you know, stuff and um you know, you know, he said, thank you for flying the airline. Thank you for your loyalty. And um, I mean, this is really a small thing. It's pretty cheap to do, pretty easy to do. Um, but, you know, there was, there was one gentleman I, I'd found. He was a, a gold member and he was in the, he was in the lounge. And I, I said exactly that. So I'm, you know, with the airline, this is for you. Thank you for your loyalty. And he, he sort of just broke down, it's, you know, getting really teary. And he's like, thank you so much. I'm, I'm like, oh, oh, what do I do here? Because it's like, there's no cameras or anything. This is not like some YouTube thing we're creating. This is just me having fun. Yeah. Right. Or what I thought was a bud, <laughs> and so he's like, he's like, oh, he's like, this is really amazing. He's like, this is the first time I'm ever meeting someone from the airline, right? Oh, like, not a cabin crew, basically.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And and he's like, you know, I I'm I'm flying to India right now. He's like, I'm a doctor. I'm part of the Doctors Without Borders program. I'm going there for a month to do whatever it was to do this thing. Um, he's, you know, I, you know, I've been really loyal to your airline for the last X years, even through the, you know, Malaysia Airlines had their year or so of incidents there he's like i i kept i was loyal to the airline through those moments you know i knew this is the place for me you know and and this you know at that point he's 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 flying with a purpose he's going out to do something pretty good for the world you know and helping people and he's being And his mind he's been super loyal right and you know he's he's been earning the points he gets the lounge he gets all the stuff anyway but he's never had someone saying Thank you for your loyalty. A real person, right? And I mean, the chocolate's a bit of a sweetener. Sweetener, okay? Nice. So, you know, at that, at that moment, you know, I thought, oh, this, this is really special, you know? And, you know, that's now hopefully a story that he goes and shares with people about how the airline actually cared about his loyalty, cared about him that day. And, um, you know, there's a, I, I've a bunch of other stories that same week when I was getting on chocolate, just like that. And you know, a bunch of these people went on to be very loyal to the airline. They keep they keep flying the airline because, you know, they got something they just couldn't buy. They got that special moment. They got that that real recognition, that like what we'll call real loyalty, not the business of loyalty, yeah. in the transactional side. This is the this is the highly emotional, highly charged side that really sort of Exactly. It it's it it's embedded into your subconscious. You're know, like, I I'm it's like the it's like a feeling of love kind of thing for the brand. It's like I, I'm really connected with this brand now. And you know, next time they go to book another ticket, guess which airline they're gonna fly.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that wasn't expensive. Well, maybe a little bit out of your pocket, but in general, no, I don't like that. Hotels could easily do that, smaller properties could easily do that. Yeah, now I've do. seen That you have made a lot of predictions in the past and you've been fairly accurate. Now, the last couple of years have been really messed up. Do you have any predictions for the future in the airline? You're
1: putting me on the spot now. So, (laughs) you can can actually read the prediction I've made for the last few years online and you can rate me on them. (laughs) It's all very public. Um, There was one last year, year, three months ago now. was one that didn't come true. That I really wish did, and that's why I thought a loyalty program would start an airline, as in the other way, just because of the, the economics and how it all works. Well, the other way around, yeah. I thought we took the other way around. Um, there is someone from a very big airline that told me that it almost happened. It was very close to happening. So I was, I was so 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 close. So that was the big one that I was hoping would sort of transpire that didn't quite, but it'll have one day. Anyway. Um, I think there's two two themes in the coming year or so. Um, one is obviously in, we're in 23 now. Um, there's something coming in the next two to three months, which I'm calling the status cliff. Which is, you know, airlines and hotels have extended elite status for free for the last two or three years. Everyone had status because they couldn't travel, they couldn't stay, fly enough to you know keep that status. So they've been giving it for free. Those free extensions are ending, right? And people are going to be downgraded soon, right? Just because, you know, they're, they're not at that level they used to be in 2019, right? Um, so, you know, globally, there's somewhere between 8 and 10 million people that are going to be downgraded and elite status across airline and hotels combined. And so part of my prediction here is I think there's going to be some winners and losers in this game. And what that means is I think there is a, ridiculously huge opportunities i mean think hotels especially smaller brands here to acquire customers and when i say acquire i mean go out and offer a lifeline to these you know 10 million people that are about to lose status with their airline hotel right because when they lose status right if you've got a gold card at airline hotel the airline takes it away from you even though it's your fault for that fire in your yeah. mind you're like well screw then i'm just gonna go to somewhere else, right? Uh, we did a survey. Uh, we put on statuscliff.com. You can check it out now. It's still there. Um, we asked people if your if your airline hotel downgrades you, what will you do? Will you keep flying? Will you fly less? Will you like what will you do? Eighty six percent of people said that they would move some or all of their their future business keep future business to a different brand if they're downgraded, right? And these are people that are due to be downgraded anyway because they're not at the level they used to be, right? But the key is future business, right? So these are people that are already trained. They know how to, they know how the loyalty program works. They know how the airline stuff works. They know how this, how it all operates. And they used to be a great customer, and I'm sure they will again one day, right? And uh, you know, so I think there's an opportunity to give a lifeline to these people specifically because if you can win their hearts today. You're going to get their business tomorrow, whereas the big brands are. I mean, they kind of have to downgrade them, but they're, they're kind of saying we don't want you now, but we want you in the future. But how do they? How do they get them back in the future when this other brand over here has already given them a lifeline? Right. Yeah. So, I think there's a pretty big opportunity there for like, especially low-cost airlines and brands with a smaller footprint. You know, something is a bit out of the norm. I think there's a big opportunity there. Um, you know, I think obviously going to 2024, I I think we're going to see other things like ancillary and loyalty teams merging. And I think that would be because um, Ellen's Hotel, same in this regard, that I think we're going to start seeing more holistic sort of revenue management. And that is, you know, what's the lifetime value of this customer and how do we increase that? And that may not be trying to, get a thousand bucks a night out of them when they stay, it might be charging just a flat rate for every single person every night. And the revenue manager is gone. Right. And then trying to make monies other ways. Right. So trying to upsell things or improve sort of an a la carte type, type experience. I think we're going to see, I think we're going to see more of that sort of a, you know, choose your own adventure, choose the level of service you want. Um, but not sort of nickel and diming people more like, how do we, how do you add value to your stay? So oh, I think perfect. we'll see more of that.
0: Okay. I hope that's, uh, I'd love to see it go that way. Uh, tell me a little bit more about your business. Uh, I'm curious to find out exactly what it is you do.
1: So we run uh, statusmatch.com. status is our main brand. So we work with major hotel and airline brands to help, them bring them new high value customers so i you know we talked about earlier about high value customers these are people with silver gold platinum diamond you know this kind of status these people spend more they spend more frequently they spend what we'll call the right type of money right so they're booking uh generally closer into where they're going to stay or fly um they're generally in a premium room or they're in business or first class um, you know, they're, they're just your best customers for not all, but mo- most brands, they're, they're really good customers. And these people are not driven by price. They're driven by status. They're driven by the goal card. The goal card is gonna is sort of out front dictating where they're going to go next. And so we sort of sit between the brand and the customer uh, in this. And we we sort of go out to the market and, you know, hey, you you're a gold member with this airline we'll give you gold stars with this other airline that we work with. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, here, here it is. We'll give you gold stars. Now Now shift some business to them, right? And what this means for the brand on the airline in this case is the airline's getting a new customer that they more than likely would never, ever get a cent from without giving out that, what we, what's called a status match. They're matching this, the status yeah. level from one airline to another, yeah? Uh, so effectively, it drives incremental revenue um uh, from the right type of audience um, that these you know airlines and hotels want to acquire. So, you know, the, the idea of status matching is not new. It's been around about 35 years. We've just built a system around it. We've automated it, made it super easy to onboard new customers. You know, we work with a heap of sort of big brand airlines, you know, some of our beer clients we work with are like Emirates, Lufthansa, these kind of guys. And you know, for our partners, we've made more than seven hundred million dollars in customer value in the next, in the last two years or so. So right. you know, it's, it's a very, very fact, very effective, very powerful tool to drive customer acquisition. It's also the cheapest. Uh, most brands we work with, there's no cost to work with us. So um, super cheap, obviously being free. In um, fact, there's a revenue share a lot of the time as Well, we actually, in a lot of cases, we actually pay the brand to work with us. Wow. So nice. <laughs> Get, get paid to get new customers.
0: How does that work? Wow. That's um,
1: nice. Hence, we're pretty popular in that regard. <laughs> so, um, But it works out really well. Um, we've sort of flipped the business model where it works really well for the traveler, really well for the brand. And obviously, we sit in the middle of all that and make it work. Um, so, you know, we're we're, having, uh, we're seeing a lot of interest from travelers wanting to explore and try new brands. As well, you know, especially as people start to really get on the road and travel again. They're like, you know, well, I've, I'm used to trying my my airline over here. I know how they work. You know, I'm, it's expensive to fly right now. So I'm, I'm open to options. You know, I want to try this other one over here. But, you know, I don't want to lose the perks that I had at my other airline. You know, I, I want the priority check-in. I want the free bags. I want the, the lounge access. I want the free seat selection. I, I'm used to that. So I don't want to start at the bottom. So how do I fast track my way straight up to Golden? That's where we come in.
0: Okay. And that's statusmatch.com. Yep. Nice. Okay. Is there anything I might have missed asking you that would be of interest to our listeners?
1: No, I think I covered a lot today. I think it's been a pretty good conversation. Yeah. Um, You know, I think ultimately loyalty programs should be you know they're designed to do one thing and they that's make more money and drive incremental business for the brand basically it's got to make more money than it costs to operate Mm -hmm. yeah you you get that right the rest kind of looks after itself um you know and that what that loyalty program looks like it might be some sort of retention program might be about selling points to banks like airlines and some hotels do might be about revenue protection it might to stop customers going somewhere else it might it might be like a you know, like a fee-based membership program, like an IHG ambassador club or a core plus, something like that, Um, you know, ultimately all this loyalty stuff all boils down to one single thing. And that is really just focusing on the customer, focus on the guests because that's who it's designed for. And that's who that's, they're the people that keep the industry afloat. They're the people that pay our bills. So, you know, focusing on them and their needs, what they want, you know, I think, is isn't, you know, really what we should all be aspiring to achieve. Yeah.
0: Oh, excellent. This has been great. And lots of food for thought. Uh, Mark, I want to thank you for being so generous with your time. I know, probably went over a little bit. Where can people find more about your work and uh, follow you?
1: Yeah, sure. Add me to LinkedIn. Uh, Mark's pretty active on there. I add everyone, so hit me up there. You can check out traveldatadaily.com or if you're interested in a status match, check out statusmatch.com.
0: Oh, Mark, thanks a lot. This has been excellent. Really appreciate the time.
1: Thanks, Jerry. It's been great to chat.
0: All right. Take care.